Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Could you whisper in my ear the things you want to feel? I'll give you anything to feel it coming. Do you wake up on your own? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I am a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. More importantly, he is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, you got to describe the Virginia Tech's 2017 season in one word. What is it? Uh, They didn't beat any good teams. That's like five. That was like eight words. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Average. Yeah, average, I guess, is what you'd say, which is weird. You know, it's funny because we mentioned in the I think it was in the Louisville podcast that I talked about like a nine and three Georgia team from 2015 that was just like not really all that good. And it, you you feel like it's it's hard to poo-poo these teams that win nine games like that's clearly not an easy thing to do. And yet that was kind of the case for Virginia Tech this season. I mean, it was a pretty underwhelming nine and four campaign. We both had them coming into the season at 10 and 2, Mike. And I think, you know, probably in a, the, the game that would have decided the Coastal was the, the Miami game. Uh, they ended up not quite as close to winning the division, um, but they did finish 9 and 4, uh, 9 and 3 in the regular season. It was only a one game difference. Thought they might uh, split, you know, Miami and Georgia Tech or something like that, but they ended up coming away with three losses in conference all to Clemson, Miami, Georgia Tech. Other than that, they won out. And yet it just really wasn't. All that's satisfying, I think, for Hokies fans, you might say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with essentially everything you just said. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, the season did come down to the Miami game as far as the Coastal Division hopes were concerned, and the Hokies got blown out on national TV. Uh, Miami did that to Tech, and they did it to Notre Dame, and, you know, they were a really, really good primetime team, and Virginia Tech was not ready for that. Uh, the other major game on the Hokies schedule this year was a home date against Clemson at the end of September. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about, will the Hokies be ready for the test? And, you know, they really weren't. Um, I thought the defense held up okay in that game against Clemson, but the offense really couldn't get the ball rolling at all uh, throughout that entire game. Josh Jackson, nearly 3,000 yards passing this year, completed almost 60% of his passes as a redshirt freshman, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He clearly regressed as the season went along. I think a lot of that had to do with shoulder issues. He, he did suffer an injury in the Miami game. There was also rumors that you know he had a hairline fracture in his foot that he was playing through, and if he was playing through a fracture in his foot, he's a lot tougher than I am, I'll tell you that. So I guess not all of it, not all of that regression towards the end of the year could be put on his shoulders, um, you know, but he'll shoulder the fair share of the blame, especially if he doesn't get off to a great start in 2018. But, you know, redshirt freshmen get better, Joey. And the expectation with Jackson is that he has all the tools. He will be able to get better. 
the running game was a complete work in progress all year long, continues to be throughout the first couple of years of the Justin Fuente era. Uh, the Hokies really missed Stephen Peoples this year. Uh, he suited up, you know, at the beginning of the year and then towards the end of the year, but missed a bulk of the season uh, due to a lingering foot and knee injury. He only had 267 yards rushing on the year, um, but he was expected to be a major part of the Hokies rushing attack. And he was a major part of the Hokies rushing attack once he returned. Another guy that suffered health issues throughout the year was Deshaun McLeese at running back as well. Um, an up and down year for him, had a pretty solid bowl game, and he'll definitely be a guy worth watching next season as kind of that change of pace back out of the backfield for the Hokies. They have the the shifty runner out of the backfield, and they have you know the power back with a guy like Stephen Peoples. Uh, so that's going to be worth watching for the Hokies as well, hanging into next season. But, you know, as far as wrapping up this season is concerned, um, you know, the Hokies offense, I thought for the most part was pretty good, but the Hokies defense struggled um, at times. It was not maybe quite as good as a lot of people made it out to be. Um, and ultimately, I think it was an up and down year for the Hokies and an average year at best. Most of the good teams they lost to and most of the teams they should have beaten they did end up beating so it's tough to really garner a whole lot from a nine and four campaign but given the fact that they had so many young players on the offensive side of the football i think you'll take it if you're a Hokies fan well and we knew from the beginning that this was a major rebuild on offense right i mean you're you're losing so much talent from 2016 into 17 and it started out pretty well. Uh, the offense looked pretty good in that opener against West Virginia, which while we're talking about it, I would say was their best win of the year. And I don't know if there's a whole lot of discussion about that. Uh, you know, they looked pretty good in three games against easy competition, Delaware, East Carolina, Old Dominion. And that's when things really started to struggle a little bit. Um, for the rest of the year, after the first four games, so in their final eight contests, there's only once, Mike, that they scored more than 24 points in a game. 17, 23, 7, 20, or excuse me, 17, 23, 59, 24, 10, 22, 20, 10, 21. This team lived and died by its defense. And it, you know, mostly lived because they, they won a lot of games, but the offense was clearly, I, I thought the Achilles heel of this team. Some of it was maybe some, uh, some younger talents some younger skill players, but there was also some weird play calling. We saw at times some weird decisions made. I'll be curious to see. I didn't realize anything about Josh Jackson possibly being injured. You know, we talked about some stuff that they could be doing really to help him out a lot during the year, things like rollouts and using his mobility as in the run game. They didn't really do much of that up until the bowl game for a lot of the season. And I guess an injury would help explain that. Uh, but but I think there's, you know, there's improvements you'd look to see both from the players and from the coaching staff going into 20, uh, 2018. Uh, certainly. And there's going to have to be improvements. Uh, you know, this is the third full recruiting class that we're heading into um, under Justin Fuente. The Hokies are really going to be facing an uphill battle on defense next year. Uh, not a lot of returning talent. You're losing Brandon Faison. You're losing Greg Stroman. You're losing Terrell Edmonds out of the secondary. You do return Mook Reynolds, who plays the whip. You do return Reggie Floyd. Um but you're losing two starting linebackers in Andrew Matuapuaka and Tremaine Edmonds. You're losing Tim Settle, a starting defensive tackle as well. So uh, there's a lot missing on the defensive side for the Hokies. So they're going to have no choice but to get better on offense next season. That's for sure. Uh, there was so much young talent on the offensive side of the ball that 
you know, things are definitely bound to improve. And I think that's the one positive thing when looking at the season for the Hokies is that while they weren't always great on the offensive side of the football, they were tolerable from they had a redshirt freshman quarterback that's only going to get better. So uh, things are looking up, I'd say, on the offensive side of the ball and on defense. You're hoping that a lot of these highly touted recruits that you're bringing in, especially at linebacker where the Hokies have recruited extremely well over the last few seasons, you're hoping that the young guys come in and step in and fill in for those that, you know, those three and four year starters that um, are moving on to the NFL. You're hoping that you have some of the young guys step up and play well. Guys like a Dylan Rivers, uh, who was a four star linebacker that the Hokie signed last year. A guy in the secondary like Devin Hunter, who was one of the best defensive back recruits in the nation. The Hokie signed him the last year's class. So, It'll be interesting to see how the young guys step up and step forward. And, you know, hopefully those guys will be able to, you know, take a, a huge leap forward, quite honestly, um, in, a lot of their, in a lot of their first opportunities at that true playing time because the Hokies have been so lucky on the defensive side of the ball to have starters for multiple seasons. And now that they're moving on, it'll be really interesting to see how Bud Foster adapts. Mike, looking at looking ahead, just – Another team that I thought of that uh, has recently had some high win, but generally underwhelming seasons is Florida. Um, Jim McElwain just got fired in the middle of his third season after two division championships because the team wasn't really putting a product on the field that was anywhere near some of the other teams in the conference, even though in their own division, that was enough. Looking at 2018 is there is there any level of expectation for Justin Fuente in year three and what you need to see from this coaching staff to have some confidence moving forward or is this another year where you're, you're pretty comfortable with where this is at you can see what he's building and, and you like where this is going uh well looking at the schedule I mean this should be an eight or nine win season um so this past year you're rebuilding on offense and now in 2018 you're rebuilding on defense and you're trying to take a step forward with the offense it's a pretty favorable schedule. You're on the road at Florida State in the opener. Your two toughest games other than that are at home. You're home on October 6th against Notre Dame. You're home at the end of November against Miami right before Thanksgiving. Those are three games that will kind of be up in the air for the Hokies. And how will they respond? It, it It's likely that they go at best one and one and two. I mean, I don't see them winning all three of those games. Uh, but the promising thing, once again, is the fact that they do get two of those games at home. But other than that, it's a typical out-of-conference slate. you got William & Mary, East Carolina, and Old Dominion. Those should all be wins. You're going on the road at Duke, which is not a tough place to play. You're on the road at North Carolina, and they'll still be in a rebuild. That's not really that tough of a place to play. Georgia Tech has given the Hokies a heck of a time over the last couple seasons, but you get that game at home on a Thursday where you know they've had a ton of success against Paul Johnson teams. You're home against Boston College. Boston College should be pretty solid once again. The one game to watch outside of the Miami, Notre Dame, and Florida State games, if you had to pick a fourth game for the Hokies to lose in 2018, Saturday, November 10th, you go on the road to Pittsburgh. And I know that in 2016, the Hokies were able to finally you know, put away those Heinz Field demons and get a win. It seemed like they could never actually win in Heinz Field, but they finally did in 2016. But keep an eye out on that pit game um, in November because you get that game on the road. It's your last road game of the year, and the Hokies historically have struggled there at Heinz Field. It's a very strange place to play, and Pittsburgh should take a step forward next season. So 
that'll be the one game to watch other than the three clear tough games on the schedule for the Hokies in 2018. But I don't think there's any reason why this can't be another eight or nine win season when considering the rest of the schedule and how things fall. I think I would agree with that. I mean, with where Virginia Tech stands in the Coastal Division, just as almost as a steady state thing at this point, plus, again, what you're looking at out of conference, three basically gimmies against what William & Mary, East Carolina, and Old Dominion. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I'd like to think, too, with Bud Foster running the defense, even in a rebuilding year, they're only going to step so far back. Um, and what I'm really curious to see is can Justin Fuente start to get a lot more production out of this offense, similar to what we saw in 2016 uh, as compared to what we saw in 2017. I, I think Virginia Tech is in position. This is one of those schedules that if if all goes well, you know, an 11 and one Virginia Tech team gets to a conference championship and wins it and goes 12 and one with an ACC title. That's a playoff resume right here. I mean, you're looking at a cross division against Florida State and out of conference against Notre Dame, plus everything else that they've got to deal with. I mean, I, I, I think it sets up fairly well for them if, if they can get it done. But as you mentioned, I mean, it's part of that being a, a really valid slate also means it's really tough. And, and being really tough means you might not win all those games. So uh, certainly a chance for, what, uh, for Virginia Tech to make a statement here in 2018 at the very least. Uh, Mike, I, as far as better or worse, I, I'm going to say better in 2018. I, I think that the offense will take enough of a step forward here. I think Virginia Tech is going to be even better than they were this year, even with the defense stepping back. Um, I think I'm going to stick with like a 10-2 and two prediction here. Um, I, I noticed that you left Georgia Tech out saying they were not one of their three toughest games, but I, I think I agree with that. I mean, the stats say that Georgia Tech can't beat Virginia Tech on a weeknight. Um, so there's that, um, other than that, I mean, I think this looks pretty good. I think you're right that if, even if you go one and two across that slate of at Florida state home against Notre Dame home against Miami, I, I, you know, I think that they're probably better than about every other team on the schedule from there. So 10 and two sounds totally reasonable to me. Does that win the coastal division? 10 and two, probably uh, if it doesn't win you the coastal division, it puts you right there with a chance against Miami at the end of the year. Um, so you brought up the Georgia Tech game and how the stats bear out that Georgia Tech really struggles with the Hokies on weeknights. And conversely, that's why I'm worried about Pitt if I'm a Hokies fan, which of course I am, uh, because the Hokies historically have not played well on the road at Heinz Field. Uh, they just haven't. And it's an interesting slate. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think if the Hokies are able to win one of the three major games on their schedule, Florida State, Notre Dame, Miami, of course, two of those are ACC games. You know, if you're able to even steal one of Florida State or Miami, I, I think you win the Coastal Division there, um, especially if that game's against Miami. I mean, Miami Miami's going to be super good. They're going to be the favorite. They're going to be my pick to win the Coastal uh, just because I, I was so impressed with the second half of the season, especially for the Hurricanes um, leading into, of course, the final two weeks, uh, you know, uh, with the last game of the year and, of course, the bowl game. Um, I, I don't know. I just – Miami's hot right now. Um, they have most of their returning starters back to the fold. Um, Mark Walton, of course, is the one that's going to be gone 
but they didn't have him for the second half of this year anyway. And they managed, uh, you know, if Miami avoids the one big upset, we saw it against Pitt at the end of the year and they continue to get better. They're going to sign a really strong recruiting class this week. Uh, as we sit here recording the week of national signing day, they're going to sign a really strong recruiting class and they're going to keep edging a little bit closer to Clemson, but you know, ultimately Clemson's the class of the ACC. So it's really a consolation prize. I think at this point, if you win the coastal division, at least in my mind, that's fair enough, Mike, I think that probably covers it for Virginia tech here. Anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good here. While we've got you on here and while we've got the, uh, the Virginia tech fans, they might want to know you've got a new site. And by the way, not just Virginia Tech fans, but anyone listening to this podcast, you want to plug that real quick. What you got going on? Yeah, so uh, I started a site kind of at a weird time. Um, around bowl season, I decided that I wanted to kind of launch my own thing. I wanted to get in a spot where I could cover not only the ACC teams, but teams across all of college football. So it's a pretty big undertaking. Um, I don't have a ton of time as it is, but I decided I was going to do this, so I, I might as well go all in. It's College Football Saturday. It's cfb-saturday.com. And we're on Twitter at Saturday and CFB. So make sure to go check that out. Um, We got a lot of good stuff coming. Uh, For National Signing Day specifically, we're going to be... uh, I'm going to be on with Mark Rogers TV, um, our, our good buddy, of course, Joey. And I'm going to be covering teams across college football, talking to a ton of writers, basically taking Mark's place for a night on his site. Um, and it's going to be an opportunity uh, to kind of see what we have going on my new site and to give you an idea of kind of what I'm looking for as far as coverage of teams across the country. So make sure to definitely check that out on Wednesday, February 7th. Of course, I don't know if this podcast will be out yet, but uh, if not, definitely go check out the site because we got a lot of good stuff going, not just on National Signing Day, but hopefully moving forward as well. Man, I got it pulled up now. This looks good. You got let's see here. What are we covering here? Notre Dame, Louisville, the national title game, and Eastern Carolina. That's some, that's some pretty good range there. You, you definitely hitting a, a lot of different markets with that. Decent range. Uh, trying to cover as much as I can with just myself, which is always a challenge. So you got to pick and choose your spots for sure. But yeah, trying to get a good grasp of the entire country and the stories that I think matter or are relevant and yeah, make sure to follow throughout the offseason. Um, it's my planning period, of course, with college football season being prime time. Uh, but, yep, getting the site going, uh, you know, getting the layout the way I want it and getting stories out there that I think people will read in the meantime. Uh, that's really important to me. So make sure to go check that out. Definitely go check it out. CFB-Saturday.com. Uh, again, that, that was a, uh, that's a great website. Go check it out. All sorts of news and analysis going on there. Um, make that your home for for all your everything college football. Mike, this has been fun. We got more teams to recap. We're getting towards the end, but we got a few more here. Uh, in the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. You are at Mike McDaniel CFB. No, no longer, one. no longer Mike McDaniel ACC. But I still do an ACC podcast, though. This is true. Well, luckily the ACC is part of the CFB. So right. Uh, Y'all can find him again at Mike McDaniel CFB on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. I got out of order too, because you can also send us an email to the longest email address, no demand, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. 
Got a couple of great emails from Andrew Parker lately. Appreciate that. We will get to them very shortly. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Go check Please that out. Do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, you can find us on YouTube now. If you want to come watch our ugly mugs doing a podcast, you know, you can see it. Um, I, actually, I should probably not refer to Mike that way. But anyways. Uh, like that. Yeah, just go search for Basketball Conference on YouTube. We do not have a fancy URL or anything, so you'll have to go find us there. But hit the subscribe button. If we get to 100 subscribers, I think that's when they get us a, our, our own little page. So uh, one day, we'll see. Uh, Mike, this has been fun. You want to talk about some more teams? Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.